Hi guys, KO here. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive, radical social evolution by uniting mission-driven humans. I am so excited to welcome Tommy Jones to the TNT mic. He's a fellow podcaster, entrepreneur, mission-driven human. He is retired, he is 34 years old, and he's gonna share his journey on his relationship with money, tips, tricks, and pro tips on how you can get your money right, but also the whole human approach around mindset, physical, mental, financial wellness, and not just getting to that monetary financial freedom, uh, but really enjoying the process while you do so. So lean into this conversation, tons of life, good life tips around what's going on and how you can enjoy your journey more right now. Uh, be sure to check us out wherever you get your podcasts and look for the video on YouTube. Cheers. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I'm excited today, as I am every day because I love podcasting so much. I'm excited to have Tommy Jones in the house. He is a fellow podcaster, entrepreneur, passionate about finance and money and what we call in Turmeric and Tequila, the whole human approach from mental health to physical health to financial health. We're going to unpack it today with the goal of sharing how to retire by 30 years old, or at least take steps to do that, maybe by 40 or 50. But Tommy's going to break it down for us. Uh, he's a fellow podcaster. You got to check out his podcast, How the Hell Are We Friends, where he welcomes different perspectives and just wants to have more in-depth conversation about what you're thinking, how to be seen. And like I said, just that whole human approach. Without further ado, Tommy, welcome to TNT. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I've been excited ever since I've uh, started my podcasting journey a couple months ago. I've been listening to yours and seeing your whole journey and it's been very inspiring and motivating for my own. Thank you. Well, you know, it's been it's been a, a bumpy path in all the best ways because it's such a it's a learning experience. But even if you know the podcasting world, the landscape is changing so fast. So it's it's hard to keep up and stay in and, and do the whole thing. But um, it's great when you get great people. And I have to give a shout out to Ashley and Alexis. It's connect of a connect. And if you listen to TNT, you know, those are my favorite because friends of friends are friends. Yes. Um, and that's how Tom and I know each other. And if you're in the right circles around motivated humans, you know, you're they're going to have motivated humans in their world. So that is Tommy. Tommy, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? We're obviously going to talk about money and financial health, which we've talked a good amount on Turmeric and Tequila because it is so critical, especially for our young people to kind of further this financial conversation earlier in their life journey. Um, but give us a little background around young Tommy growing up, because I think we, like, I didn't really have a lot of financial conversation growing up and that's why I'm passionate about it now. But I think mm -hmm. our background obviously is very inspirational into what we get into as adults. Yes, definitely. So I had your non-traditional background just to kind of walk you through it quickly. I was just like the first one in my family to seek higher education, going to get a bachelor's at Indiana University. So didn't really have that much of a role model <clears throat> to speak of when I was growing up when it came to finances. Uh, some reason I just knew like, oh, I don't want to be in this kind of environment my entire life and seeing a connection of like, oh, if you have a little bit more funds, you can kind of break out of this type of environment. And so I came from a background of scarcity. So wasn't that healthy at the beginning of my journey because 
the way a lot of my financial success has come into play was just being very scared of going back to a impoverished kind of environment to live in again. So a lot of it came from just saving a lot of money and only spending it if I needed to on necessities opposed to just spending it kind of wherever I wanted. And that kind of parlayed into, okay, I've saved this money and I have money. What do I do with it now? So I went to college for finance and accounting. So that was always kind of in my background, but not uh, until late, uh, probably when I was 30 years old is when I really started getting into investing. And so I started doing a lot of research and into investing and learning where to put my money and how to take risks. So a big thing was, is trying to work on that relationship with myself and money, that whole scarcity mindset to understand if I fight to keep only what I save, that's all I'm ever going to have. But if I am able to take risk and invest, some of those risks can pay off hugely, which, you know, they did to allow me to kind of retire early. And kind of on my show, what we speak about is not only just investing in finance and the ways that I kind of got here now doesn't only pertain or revolve around the investing strategy. It revolves around kind of your mindset, your your motivation, your strategy when it comes to how do you live your life? How do you interact with other people, your networks? Like you were just speaking at the beginning of this episode, like friends of friends, how do you interact with the world. And I think a lot of that has a huge, is a huge proponent to my success. A lot of the networks that I've gained from college, the way I treated different people, the way I was there to try to help people out as much as I can when I didn't need anything in return. But if I ever get into a position where I need something, I have that network that's, oh yeah, you need a job? Absolutely, Tommy, I highly recommend you. Uh, or you need someone to invest in or you need ideas or a partner. Of course, I'm, I'm happy to make those connections for you. So yeah, a lot of of my story is is based around that, like of, of finding your true self kind of and getting into meditating and understanding how to navigate through all the difficult situations that you can find yourself in while investing or while trying to strategize your life. And it's kind of a, a whole thing because I think some people are like, hey, where's the where's more of the finance stuff? I want to hear how you got, you know, successful. How did you earn money? How did you retire? And, and while that's a huge part of my story, it's only a part of my story. And I like to share the totality of everything that's helped me become the man that I am today, that which basically led me into retiring. I love that. So I think that you pointed out a really important point, you know, regardless of where anyone came from, I think a lot of our parents, how different they may be, didn't have even the awareness or the mindset or it, really the uh, the opportunity to think the way we think or ask the questions we've been able to ask or chase the dreams we wanted to chase because it's just, there is so much generational narrative, number one, but there's just different opportunity and different exposure. I think the upside to social media and the internet and everything is that kids do have more access to questioning in a better way and, you know, chasing their own core values and their own identities, regardless of where they came from. And so I think our parents always do the best, you know, of they, they did the best they could with what they had, regardless of what you came from. And I know it takes a lot of us a lot of time to maybe fully comprehend mm -hmm. that. But the good news is we do have so much power now and control to shift from regardless of where we came from, we can do things where we want to. And I love that you pointed out it's so much uh, like financial literacy and knowing how to manage your money and really understand this uh, mindset of abundance and leaving, you know, whatever you came from, even if that was the abundance mindset, but kind of making your own. 
is that it's this whole human approach of how are we factoring in the day-to-day with mental health, physical health, um, mindset, all these other things. Because even if you're rich, you can still be miserable. So oh, money yes. is is just a small part of it. And actually, there's a ton of very wealthy humans. Watch any of the reality shows that are not happy and they have all the money in the world. When did yes. you really start to question the mindset piece? Did the money come first or did the mindset piece come first? Um. Wow, that's so much. So I want to re- uh, make a remark to something you said before I answer your question is that it's been huge on my mind as of late uh, while it's deploying more empathy because I'm always trying to find more empathy in what you said about like different generations of our parents because I think that was a, a thing that I held on to for so long. It was like, oh, why didn't my mom teach me about this? Like yeah. I could have been so much further along in my journey if I would have learned this from my parents or different people that should have been role models. And And while becoming older and more empathetic, I understand like, some parents and most parents were just worried about survival and how to provide a meal for the next day and, and so on and so forth in, in my, you know, in my reality. And we don't give our parents and those people in those positions enough credit where it's like they didn't have the luxuries yeah. that we had of just sitting down, scrolling on a phone all day, getting different ideas and getting motivated in different ways to learn how to do this. They were just worrying about how do I keep the lights on uh, and how do I keep the, the water hot and food on the table? And so, so yeah, that, that has been a part in my recent journey of understanding and, and respecting where I come from and is still appreciative because I'm still here no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to get back to your question, what kind of came first was just always, it, it, like I said, it was kind of, I was operating out of fear for the most of the time of just being like, oh, I don't want to go back. Cause after I started making a certain level of success with my consulting career and I'm like, oh man, I, I was, even though I was making you know, a decent amount of money, I was still living in fear because I'm like, oh man, I'm the only one in my family that makes this money. If I ever needed help paying mortgage, no one in my family could help me do that. It's just out of their realm of possibility. So that incited more fear. And so I was just kind of always wrestling with this, you know, fear in the background of, man, what if everything, I just lose everything. And it wasn't until I think, like I said, I did turn 30, I kind of started gaining confidence in myself. And it's like, Tommy, why are you so afraid? You've always been able to produce for yourself and provide for yourself. So like, let that go. And I think that was one of the first barriers that I was able to shed that kept me in this fear cycle. And then after that, that's when I really start coming into my own with the financial, um, like literacy and savvy to allow me to go out there and take those risks and go embark on different journeys to kind of learn more about it. Because before, even though I was in finance and accounting, that wasn't my main priority was investing. That was so far beyond me because I was like, I just need to make sure I have enough money saved to make sure I'm not poor again. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I think like dealing with those those mental barriers and blockades that can keep, uh, that could prevent us from fulfilling all of our potential, it was first and foremost for me of just kind of going internal and, and sort of speak going to therapy to figure these things out and where these things originate from. And then after that, it's just the hustle. Cause like you even said, uh, we have so much information out there for us today. We can learn in one day what it took a man in the 1400s, his whole life to learn. Yeah. So ignorance is a choice sometimes here. And so we I have the tools at my disposal to go on YouTube, to, to YouTube University, as I like to call it, to learn anything that I need to learn, whether it comes to the finance or, or investing or different strategy ideas. And I just take all of that in and figure out what fits my lifestyle and what could fulfill what I want my lifestyle to be in the future and then kind of 
just unrelentlessly go after that and stay motivated. And funny enough to, like you said, the motivation factor right now is a very weird space that I'm being in. If I'm being transparent, cause I retired. Right. And like we, like you even said, you think people like, Oh, they got all the money in the world and can still be sad. I have put this goal at the top of my mountain for so long of like, Oh, if I have enough money to just retire and not have to worry about money, I'm going to be the happiest I ever will be. And it's like, Oh, that's not the case. There's other parts of life that creep up. And it's like the other parts of like, wanting to be productive and be a part of something and, and remain uh, productive and, and motivated. And that's something now that I'm like kind of working my way through of like, all right, now I don't have a job or no one answer to, but myself, I see this whole onslaught of choices that I have to now make. And sometimes that can be a little bit overwhelming. And, and that's what I'm trying to, to deal with now. I love that. Well, if you have dissatisfaction in one thing, you'll have dissatisfaction in another thing. It's like when you go on vacation to leave your problems and then there they are with you wherever you go. Mm -hmm. And it takes, and even though we know that as like intuitive adults, like it takes time, I think, to learn it and then learn it again. Was there one person, and you talked a little about going to therapy and coaching. Well, I'm always interested in like the pivot point for people, especially if this wasn't a part of your past or how you grew up, because it certainly wasn't for me. Um, but what led you to the other side of like questioning a better way? Like, was there one moment where it's like, I oh, mean, I got to fix my mindset or I, you know, I really want to make money. Like, was there a coach or what inspired you to have like that breakdown breakthrough moment? Oh, that's such a good question. Uh, if I have to, to tie it back to a specific moment that happened, I think it was just when I've noticed a lot of things, not me not being happy consecutively. I don't think it was a specific person because I'm a huge thinker. So mm -hmm. I have this thing where I just consistently think and self-reflect constantly. And I think it was like the, the, the strives that I was making in my career, the things, the accomplishments that I was making in my life and me still noticing that, Hey, there's still more to be had. Um, I can't tie it back to a specific moment. I think it was a malcolmation of a lot of different things that was going on in my life. Me, like me trying to find a successful relationship, me trying to find my place and purpose, so to speak, in my life is what kind of made me wake up. And then I just started to say, hey, let's start reading more books. Let's start really diving deep. And I think that was one of the most transformational times, I think, is when I started picking up and reading a lot more books um, and starting to truly understand and dissolve a little bit of my ego. Um, so to be completely honest, I can't tie it to one specific time. I don't know if it's okay to say on your show, but just I uh, had a shroom session, you know, I did psilocybin sure. and I, I had that journey and that pretty much cracked open and opened a lot of different things in my life and helped me dissolve my ego. And kind of after I had that journey, of uh, dissolving my ego and understanding that I'm not the center of the universe. And, and I am just like so many things that used to matter to me kind of melted and fell away. And that allowed me to, I think, to fulfill a lot more of my potential that was there and that was kind of untapped. I think that's, th thank you. That was the great answer. Uh, not that it really could be wrong, but I think there is... <laughs> From all of my mission-driven humans or my varsity humans, the the 
seeking of continuous evolution and constantly being part of something bigger than ourselves. And I think that statement in itself can evolve from like, we're the center of the universe to it's like, oh man, then you realize you're like a speck in the universe. And yes. the second you die, like life goes on. No one's, I mean, you've got to work to leave some sort of impact, but regardless, you're, we're constantly evolving. And the fact is that like even love, even money, none of these things will fully fill the heart. You have to be part of something continuously bigger and continuously serving, whether that's religion or giving back or whatever. Like, and I think that serving continuously evolve. So we never really are retired. This is a larger metaphor here. I didn't think it would come this mm -hmm. early in the conversation, but perhaps <laughs> it will. Um, that you can retire from making money, but you never really retire. Even when I was thinking about this podcast, I'm like, retire by 30. And I was thinking like, would that be attractive to me? Like what I want to listen to this conversation because in my mind, like I never want to retire, not because I don't want to be financially free, but because I have fear around seeing the people around me that have retired. And I see within weeks, how different they change and how much, not even physically, but mentally they age, being disconnected mm -hmm. from their community, their daily routine, their their sense of purpose, and not all retirees, um, but a lot of it. And I've seen it, people close to me, and I'm like, oh my God, it's like, you are a different person. So I was excited for this conversation for a few different reasons, but I like that you're transparent and then like getting money and getting financially secure is so massive in our country because so many people are in debt and we come with school mm -hmm. loans and family history. But really, there's so much more to like really focus on being purposeful in the time that we have. And if you are financially free, you can be that much more purposeful. But it's figuring out like, what is my purpose? What are my core values? And what do I even care about now that I'm financially free? Yes. Um, have you done any sort of like core value training on like what internally is important to you? Yeah. Um, so that, I think that is, yeah, as soon as I retired, exactly like you said, there is no retiring because it was like, all right, now I'm about to go start my podcast. Now I have to go learn how to edit, figure out these different softwares, the mic setups, as we were kind of jokingly talking about before the podcast and just getting into all these things. And now my biggest goal is like, yeah, this like a lot of the problems that I've overcome, I've seen a lot of my friends and family members go through the same thing. And it's like, how can I help on a grander scale? So it became you know, more about giving back exactly like you said of like, let me start this podcast. Let me uh, do all types of episodes, like helping people with their credit, helping people understand fitness and how they can incorporate fitness into their lives and how big of a part that is into success of anything of creating those uh, regimens or creating those different types of um, structures in your life that can lead to so many different uh, avenues of success. And then on my journey now of starting up different life and career coaching. So a lot of what I'm doing now is like not retired. A lot of my friends is like, Tommy, you're not retired. You're not going to stay retired. Like we know who you are. Yeah. And I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm retired. And then shortly after I'm like, okay, what can I do? What kind yeah. of business can I start up to just help people? So now it's fun because it's things are not uh, I'm not starting things from a position of like, ooh, if I start a podcast, how much can I make so I can do this or that? Or ooh, if I start coaching, how much can I charge to all of it's like, yo, I want to start this because I'm truly interested in helping other individuals liberate themselves from the same type of personal imprisonments we put ourselves in sometimes. And, you know, the things that I've experienced. So like telling my story and being completely vulnerable with mine, hoping to connect with other people and help them any other way is, is kind of now my core value and the journey that I'm uh, that I'm on now. I love that. And I think that anytime we show up to give back, it's always giving to ourselves. And mm. even if I mean, you really I think most people that show up to do service um, really show up with that pure intention of just I'm just here to do good or be a contribution in some capacity, but it always comes back tenfold. Yes. Um, 
keeping it in on, on the financial front, because I do have a lot of younger humans that listen to this. And, you know, if you have Maslow's hierarchy, you know, the base of it, like we said, with our, our parents' generation, food, shelter, water, if you can't take care of those things, you're not even worried about some of these larger mindset, other things. So the financial piece is really critical. Um, what is some advice you would give to a young person, maybe you have student loans, or you're just in debt from partying on credit cards or whatever, <laughs> but what is like a first step or walk us through your journey on how the light kind of flicked on of like, I need to save or whatever. What's something we can do right now to start walking in the right direction to retirement at an early age financially. Yeah. So there's like a lot of different ways that people can invest that I don't even think they know that they can invest. Like credit cards is an avenue of investing and, and people don't understand that really. But a lot of credit cards give you two, three, four, five percent cash back. And that's a way of investing. How? It's like spending every everything you purchase on a credit card and then paying that off in totality at the end of each month. So you pay zero percent interest, but you're getting three to five percent cash back on that. So that's a different avenue of investing. And then I really Really challenge people when it comes to consumerism of what you're purchasing. Do you really need it? Do you really need all the pairs of shoes? Do you like kind of having a, a, a yeah, a balance of like, do I really need all these things? And why am I kind of buying these things that could lead you down to a, another question of like, oh, I have to have every single brand new pair of Jordans or shoes or this, isn't that like, what are, are you trying to fill a hole within yourself? Do you probably need to spend some of that money on therapy to figure these things out? Or just kind of that, like for me, I, I go without a lot. Like I'm very, very, very frugal. So I'm very intentional on where I spend my money. And then I'm very intentional on where I invest. And I try to find um, investment ventures that fulfill me. So I'm very into uh, investing in houses. So I've learned so much around real estate investing. How can you purchase you know, houses for 3% down? How can you purchase duplexes um, in, under a first-time homeowner's deal to where you're only putting 3% down and then renting out the other three properties while you're living in the one house or the unit if you got a duplex or a triplex or a four a four, a fourplex and just finding something that really speaks to you and then getting into investing into what speaks to you. So you're interested in it. You're going to want to stay motivated to continuously learn about the industry uh, and everything around it. Because I see some people that just get into like cryptocurrency or they're trying to do the, the hottest, latest thing when it comes to investing in the stocks and they're they're not really passionate about it. So yeah, they'll win some money and then they'll get interested and are excited about it and not interested really. And they're like excited about the payoff and they can see themselves losing money if the, if the things didn't work out because they didn't understand the market and they didn't understand economies and if things are commodities or not and how they react to the marketplace and how they react to you know life events. So if you're not really interested in it and willing to dive deep into it, I would say don't invest into it. Um, so I think those are some of the, the biggest pieces of advice I can give around uh, investing and financing is just save your money, go without sometimes and and try to really find your balance of what you really can truly afford or not. Like and some people want to have bigger houses or, or the nicest cars and they're living right, you know, above their means or what they should be living just to exude this external image that they are successful. And the thing is, is like every that message that you're sending out to everybody, those people that do care about if you're, you know, driving a Mercedes or, or whatever, they wouldn't be there for you on your way down or if you need help. So I, I always say, put yourself first, live below the means, save and, and truly find something that you're passionate and interested in to invest into. 
I like that. And I think people always think it's got to be like this grandiose gesture or change to start moving in the right direction. It can start small. Like you just said, do the credit card game where you get the percentage back and pay it off and, you know, keep yourself accountable uh, of credit cards or lean into something that's genuinely interested. I do like that you use the term uh, talking about cryptocurrency because obviously that's a hot conversation. But you said Mm -hmm. when you win some money instead of earn some money. And I like that because whether it's a Freudian slip or not, it's a gamble. And a lot of these things. That's what I'm getting to. Yeah. If you don't do the research or have the tools, I mean, you're gambling and that's okay. You do your calculated risk, but Mm -hmm. the tools are really important. Can you tell us, like you said, YouTube University prior, but like some of the tools you really leaned into to further navigate your passion around whatever, uh, or that you're investing around whatever you were passionate about? Yes, absolutely. So one of one of the biggest ones is uh, something I mentioned earlier is network. So I've obtained a great network of, of people that are experts in their field. Because one thing I know is, is time is limited and we can't be experts in every single field. We don't have the time to spend on YouTube University every minute of the day or find different um, platforms that offer information around investing. So sometimes networks and friends can be our biggest allies when it comes to investing. You ask someone one that's, hey, do you know anyone that's currently in this field? Because like I was looking up to buy storage units and I'm like, oh, that's a good investment to buy a storage unit. And one of my friends is in commercial real estate and I asked him and he connected me with a few people that currently are purchasing and flipping or owning and holding storage units. So I had a chance to speak with that gentleman at length of different strategies and different things that I needed to learn. Uh, So that is one of the, the biggest things I lever in my investing network or investing strategy is my network and who can put me onto the right path. Because sometimes it's very overwhelming. You go out there and like, oh, I want to invest. Let me type in investing a different strategy. Like you're going to get hundreds of thousands of responses back and where do you start? Where do you go? So one of mine is is asking people that's actually in it. What? How did you see success? Was it a very you know long road to success in this venture of of owning you know storage units for example? Or was it you know very easy? You just needed the capital and what's the you know the SWOT analysis, the strengths, the weakness, the opportunities and threats of what you're getting into? So I think that is one of my first stops is to see if I know anyone or if anyone that I know knows someone that's currently operating and or investing because like you said yeah I want to take out as much of gambling as I can because I used to be heavy in the stock markets and I'm like man I don't have time to look into all these companies <laughs> like who their CEOs are what's their current vision what's their strategies and if that strategy is going to align with what I know the economy is currently doing or will be doing and that was just not my space so I completely divested all of my holdings and stocks and and start putting them into real estate. Cause I'm like, this is something that I'm a little bit more familiar with. This is something that I would love to continuously learn about and and know. So it's, it is not gambling. It's just strategic movements that I can make. I like that. I think a lot of people underestimate uh, the the knowledge that's around them. And my biggest mistake mm-hmm. I've made thus far, or my, probably my biggest weakness is asking for help or asking for support. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe it's being the oldest or, you know, kind of in athletics like that. You can kind of ask for help, but I was familiar with coaching, but it was, and I was actually good for asking with help in athletics, but just not in my real life. Anyway. So I, I think that's, 
really important the network and recognizing the people around you if you've done an intentional job being around like mission driven humans they mm. probably have a wealth of knowledge around whatever they do and they're likely going to be more than happy to help you because someone has helped them yes. um, i know when we talked about podcasting or anything else anytime anyone asks me anything i'm more than happy to streamline their process in any way i can from my learnings or my mistakes or anything so i think that's such a massive bonus tip that you just shared is look, look who's around you and just ask say what do you think how can i you know what can i do here and more than likely people are really willing to share and a lot of them like it like they it almost like is some validation to them it's like you're validating that they're an expert in their field and yes. they're really happy to give you the information and it's usually stuff you can't find on youtube or the internet or whatever else yeah and people love to talk about themselves you ask sure. me like tell about your story absolutely so yeah. like it's it, it's 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 allowing people to indulge in something that they already like of talking about their story and what they're familiar with and the things that they seen success with and one of the other biggest parts uh of going into that is like one of my favorite quotes i mention it all the time because i this is one of the most powerful things that happened to me is when i fully assumed and understood this quote from socrates the true knowledge is knowing you know nothing at all and then you become the smartest of all and it's it's so true because i used to be that person that was very well studied that that uh, um saw myself my ego saw myself as oh you're very intelligent man like people can't teach you more than you already know and that was one of the biggest things that held me back because i see it a lot when i speak to some people if i'm in the middle of, of talking about something and they know it already they're just like oh yeah 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 i know like you got to make the and they like interrupt me a lot and i'm just like oh Okay. And people like that, I just very quickly lose interest in talking to because I'm just like, okay, you know it all. I don't need to help you, you know? Yeah. And so I I try my hardest to remain humble. Like when people are speaking to me about something that I feel like I'm an expert in, if someone's coming to talk to me about real estate or or investing or finance in any shape, form, or fashion, which I feel like, oh, I I know I know a lot. I'm pretty, you know, dangerous when it comes to that area. I, I listen more intently because I'm like, okay, they know what I know, but what if they know that one missing piece that I need to know that can catapult me into success even further? So, and so that's why I always try to remain like, you know, nothing. You think you know something, Tommy, but you could have a conversation with someone and be completely blown away in an area that you thought she was an expert in. So, that's one tip or, or, or a piece of advice that I would love to give so many people that I talk to is just always act like you know nothing and, and try to absorb them a lot more because then you are paying a lot more respect to the individual that's talking and being engaged and they love that. Then they're more prone to help you out because you know, they get hundreds of people asking them for help. If you're a successful person in your network and people are coming to you for advice, they get that all the time. And if you can separate yourself and distinguish yourself by actually being that person that's very intrigued and very interested and focused and listening, they're going to love that. Therefore, they're going to give you more of their time, energy and abilities and resources to help you out. Absolutely. And I think something the podcast has, at least for me, and I'm sure you can relate to this, it's provided space to have a full on conversation. And we're intentional about our guests. And it's always, you know, probably people we know, super varsity humans that are doing intentional things. And you can truthfully never judge a book by its cover because mm -hmm. I will have intentions of having a conversation around one thing and then we'll go even deeper or towards a whole other setting. I'm like, I didn't even know, you know, if we're having like a fitness conversation, then we get into like meditation or finance. And I'm like, I didn't even know this person knew about this. Yeah. And it just further proves like you can never judge a book by its cover and you never know what someone's gone through, what they're going through or what they've learned, what perspective they have on things. And it's while you can sit there and you feel like, God, I know nothing. It's so exciting on the flip side to think like there's so 
so much to learn. And there's, I love, like, I don't learn well from books and stuff because I just don't want to read and whatever. But mm-hmm. I love stories. I love people telling me, like, I, if someone's telling me something, I can absorb the knowledge so much better. And it's so much more exciting to me seeing like it actually happened. Like, I'm not a big fiction reader because it's like, I always feel like the truth is more interesting than like a made up yes. story. That's never resonated <laughs> to me. Even as a kid, like, I just read documentaries, which is weird. But, um, <laughs> I love that you said that because there's so much intel and it doesn't have to be like this in-depth finance conversation. It can be with someone that talked about how they manage, you know, missing a flight or, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, the littlest of things. And it's like, oh my God, people have such incredible intel on life. Like yes. you just sit back and listen. It, it, some, And I always think those conversations happen for a reason. So it's this random combo might be preparing you for something larger on a larger level that you don't even know about. So listening has become such a big piece in the whole journey in addition to the finance journey. Have you, yes. can you relate to that as a podcast? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I absolutely love that. And, and yeah, because like from, from my perspective of when I'm speaking, I'm not going to jump into like, yeah, uh, you want to learn about investing. So you have to look <laughs> at the PE ratio and make sure you read the 10K and everyone's just like, what the hell is he talking about? You know, so I always try to speak to, like you just said, in stories and journeys and, and, and speaking of my own and being vulnerable in my own. And yeah, I, I speak to some people that I get surprised with all the time that it, like you said, I would go in with a specific topic and we just get to talking and then they, they hit a point to where they're telling a story about something they're passionate about. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I'm completely enthralled in the conversation. I'm like, I never knew that you knew that. So yeah, there's so many pieces of knowledge that you can pick up in so many different ways. Like you said, that can help you deal with not just investing. Like I'm hoping what I said today about investing can, can permeate through other, parts of someone's lives and helps them with so much more if they're not ready to just go in and have tens of thousands of dollars to invest. They heard different things that they can add to their life today to get them to that one day, you know? I love it. Yes. So the pro tips on the line here are start small, like do something that's just moving in the right direction, like the credit card situation, and just be aware where, where the finances are going. I think be frugal. Um, I do need all the shoes, but I'm totally down to cut down on the grocery <laughs> bill or the gas or I've got to ride the bike. We're here for that. Um, utilizing your network that's around you and recognizing the resources that are already there and get some coaching, do something that you're passionate about. Is there anything else that you would give advice around um, about turning our financial journey around? and moving in the right direction that we haven't already covered? Ooh, another big one. Oh, I'm trying to think now for some reason I'm going blank. I think <laughs> well, we, we hit, I think we hit a lot of the good ones that, uh, that I usually live by. And like you even said, the grocery thing opposed to going out to eat every day, cooking at home, yeah. living a more healthy lifestyle in some, in some manners, uh, to do that is always a, as a good one, but yeah, I think we covered a lot of good ones today. I love it. Well, I think, I mean, on that, what you just made me think of is the, the cost of convenience. If I ever went back to school, which mm-hmm. is never on my agenda, um, mm-hmm. but is I would write my thesis on the cost of convenience. And if you saw what it took to, um, like you said, eat out because it's quicker or mm-hmm. um, order DoorDash, which is obnoxiously expensive oh, for any of those. It drives <laughs> me crazy. I can't even handle it with any of those. Um, but all these little things or even calorically, like if you're eating something quick in the microwave, there's so much more calories. And it's like processed. Like just the if you recognize those costs and conveniences that where you think you're making it convenient, but the long term pay is so significant, um, it can just put you underwater. So while you think something is making it convenient for you in the short term, it so pays off in the long term. I just 
just in my mind, I always try and think of that financially. Like maybe you don't need these shoes. Maybe you don't need this right now. And you can just see how it's inconvenient in the moment, but that sacrifice for convenience can really pay off in the long term. And I think it just plays into financial uh, conversation all the way around. Yes. I love that. And that, that, uh, cause like it's a thing that I believe in. It's like some of the things that we want to do right now, do not pay off for us in the future. Like you just said, I want to to have a DoorDash right now so I don't have to worry about cooking, cleaning, whatever. And it could be very processed food or very food that's not good for you. And But the things that we necessarily don't want to do right now usually always end up paying off for us a lot more in the future. Ah, oh, don't feel like getting up going to the gym today. But as soon as you mm-hmm. do that, afterwards, you're going to be like, oh, I feel so good. I feel so accomplished. Like, oh, I don't feel like cooking a meal. Cook a healthy meal right after. So like that is a huge like branch of awareness that meditation helps me with. It's just like being aware of like, oh, I got to get up and work out. And then immediately it's like, oh, do I really feel like it's like, hey, you're aware of how you're feeling right now. Now remember how you're going to feel right after you do it. You're going to feel amazing. So that is like, yeah, a huge point. But I love that if you had a thesis on that cost cost of convenience and how much we pay, not just uh, monetarily, but even mentally and even just in so many other different ways of just understanding how to even manage our time. Because if we get used to not being so convenient and only using convenience for rewards, because I only order from DoorDash like once a month, I'm like, oh, okay, like I've done a lot this week and I want to have a cheat meal and I want to relax and do nothing. I order DoorDash. It's it's kind of a reward system opposed to something I'm used to. I'm used to getting up and cooking and doing all the things to where they become just habitual to where they're not that, you know, um, scary or very heavy lift to do anymore. I love that. Yes. And it's, it's that mind that's a daily practice. I think if it carries to one thing, it'll carry to everything. Mm-hmm. And I, like you said, that awareness piece, because that is the key to it. If you start slacking in one area, it's like one good decision really leads to another good decision, but also one bad decision leads to another bad decision. Mm-hmm. And you kind of just get caught in that trap, but it's easy to break through by just making that good decision and getting back on track. Exactly. Um, lean into Tommy's podcast. I know there's so much <clears throat> conversation around finances and so many things we can go around, but I like these initial steps. If you're just looking to turn around or you're looking to really be in intentional about retiring financially early and getting your money right. But listen to his podcast because there's a lot of great tips around lifestyle, money, all the things. And I think it's conversations or I know it's conversations that I wish I would have had earlier on. And they're super digestible at any age, even if you're, you know, at 50, 60, 70, trying to get your money right. These are really good conversations with intentional people that are just trying to make good life decisions as a whole. Uh, Tommy, where do we find you? Hit us with Instagram handles, websites, anything you want to share. Yes, I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Uh, so my Instagram for my podcast is at how the hell are we friends on Instagram. And then I also have my personal page, which is tank travels, T-A-N-K travels to uh, on Instagram as well. So those are two of the most primary places you can find me at to hit me with questions. I get a lot of interactions, what I wish I love for my fans for different questions that I, of things I had on the podcast or things they would like to hear my perspective on. So if anyone ever wants to follow up, even this podcast with different questions, uh, I would love that. Welcome that. Boom. And we're always here for um, the questions or the conversations around opposition. I really appreciate that you yes. welcome that because I think those are like the biggest learning ones as we talked about earlier. 
Yes. Yeah. Like I just had a, I recorded a, a episode here recently with one of my friends because how the hell are we friends fan, uh, got its name from some of the friends I have who have very opposing views who grew up very differently from me. But we have these conversations to understand each other uh, instead of just to win. Because I mean, like for me, having conversations, it's not like, oh, I won that conversation. It's like, right. oh, I've learned something and understood something from them. And I really hope that they took something from me. But yeah, I love the questions and oppositions and just different backgrounds, different thoughts of, of different topics. So yeah, that's that's my favorite to discuss. Yes. May the world hear this. This is what we need more of uh, <laughs> so we can figure it out. I think that our younger generations will have it figured out even better than us. So um, you know, we'll put that out there, whatever else we can for for that coming, that coming up youth. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for the time and energy, Tommy. Be sure to check us out on um, YouTube. We'll have this video up and feel free to reach out to either one of us if you have questions, comments, commentary or opposing views. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. Thanks, Tommy. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen. <laughs>